Si tienes ciertas afecciones crónicas como enfermedad cardíaca, asma, diabetes y tienes 19 años o más, 52, 36, 42, puedes estar en mayor riesgo de contraer la neumonía neumocósica. Pregunta a tu médico o farmacéutico acerca de vacunarte con Prevnar 20, vacuna conjugada antinomocósica 20 valente, una vacuna de Pfizer que puede ayudar a proteger contra la neumonía neumocósica con una sola dosis. Prevnar 20 está aprobada para adultos para ayudar a prevenir infecciones contra 20 cepas de la bacteria que causa la neumonía neumocósica. La aprobación continua puede depender de un estudio de apoyo. No uses Prevnar 20 si has tenido una reacción alérgica grave a la vacuna o a sus componentes. Adultos con sistemas inmunitarios debilitados pueden tener una respuesta reducida a la vacuna. El efecto secundario más reportado fue dolor en el área de la inyección. Para más efectos secundarios comunes e información completa de prescripción, llama al 1-855-213-2138 o visita Prevnar20 en español.com. Pregunta a tu médico o farmacéutico sobre Prevnar20. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome back to It's Haunted, What Now? I'm your host, Lainey. Happy Halloween, you spooky story lovers. I hope you're tucked in nice and safe because this particular episode is filled to the brim with demons, night terrors, and even the stray dead family member here to check in on you. Okay, ready to get spooked? Our first story is a truly terrifying one. What would you do if, out of the blue, your apartment complex was a haven for demons? Worse, what if your every waking moment was filled with sinister beings that felt intent to do you harm? That's exactly what Matthew Zinn had to go through after a single fight with their brother. This all began with a simple fight with my brother. I stormed off to my room, raw emotions swelling up inside of me. Tears fought their way to my eyes as I pleaded for someone, anyone to help me. I lay my head down on my pillow as goosebumps ran down my body. I felt myself beginning to shake uncontrollably as if someone else was moving me. I don't remember falling asleep, but I do remember someone else's presence. There was something familiar about it. I remember hearing a voice saying that we are the same and after that, darkness. In the following days, I noticed that I heard whispers that no one else seemed to be able to hear. I tried to drown out the world with loud music, but I caught words that were not in the songs before. 
I thought I was going insane. Why was I the only one seeing the figures hiding in the shadows? It got to the point where I couldn't sleep or function properly as a human being. It escalated to the point where I thought I saw things moving in rooms or I'd feel hands on me. I tried to rationalize why these things were happening. I knew one thing for sure. I'm not a believer in the paranormal. Ghosts are not real. At this point, I was out of options. I felt as if I was going insane. Days turned into weeks as my mind slipped away from me. I could have sworn that my neighbor hated me, that he told me he wanted to shoot me and I could hear his thoughts or even speak to him sometimes. I got really angry one day and decided to tell my brother, who owned the apartment complex, what was going on. Want to know what he told me? The rooms around me were not occupied. I didn't have neighbors. That's when I knew that something was wrong, really wrong. This was no longer just my imagination. One night, I thought I saw a shadowy figure pass outside my window. I know I wasn't hallucinating. I wasn't about to turn on my lights to see what it was. I couldn't sleep. My mind was flooded with fear. At this point, everything was freaking me out. A month or so later, I went to the hospital to see if there was anything wrong with me. They said I was fine and sent me home. I wasn't convinced, so I went to see a psychiatrist to see if I could get any kind of medication that might be able to help me sleep or to even calm my nerves. I didn't tell him about all the paranormal things going on around me, but he gave me some meds to help with my anxiety and to help me sleep. That worked for a while, but eventually the medication wore off and it was back to no sleep for me. When I started to see the figures again, they were worse than before. More vivid and aggressive. I was walking back home one night when I saw a woman crawling on the corridor towards me. I ran into my room gasping for air and trying to calm my nerves. I decided that maybe a nice warm bath would be helpful. It was helping for a little bit until mid-bath when I saw a face filled with little horns and a devilish smile. Beady black eyes stared into my soul through my sliding bath door. I got out and began to freak out. I looked in the mirror and was struck with terror. This thing was on my back and holding onto my head. The monster's eyes went from a beady black to a crimson red and headaches racked through me. It felt like I was being hit with a hammer over and over for hours. I collapsed to the ground holding onto my head praying for this madness to end. I went to see my father and he took me to a psychiatrist. They gave me schizophrenia meds and some to help me sleep. They didn't stop the voices. Instead, they went from a whisper to a clear and pronounced voice. There were days the voice would tell me that if I didn't leave my room, they would kill my father. I would say no and hear a gunshot go off. Other days, I would hear my father screaming for them not to harm me and that I was innocent and harmless. Other times, I would be watching TV and I would have the urge to take a photo of myself. The flash was on and in the reflection of my glasses, I saw something manlike sitting on a throne. He was all gray and had small horns. Other times, I saw bulky demons. I began to check every single photo I had, ones of my brother and his girlfriend, 
my family pictures, and even ones I've taken of the outside world. Every single one had some type of demonic or archangel-looking figure. I thought it was Lucifer himself. If I focused on some of them hard enough, they would seem to dance right in front of me. Nothing made sense to me anymore. I kept seeing the crawling woman. Sometimes she was on the floor staring at me in my bed. Other times she'd be hanging on the ceiling brushing her hair. It got to the point where I began to read the Bible at night before I tried to go to bed. Even in the pages that were supposed to be holy and bright, I could see demons. They haunted me everywhere. One night, I tried sleeping without my meds. I thought of only how good God was and that I wouldn't give up on myself. I did see strange visions and dreams at night, but no physical monsters showed themselves. I remember watching TV and getting this flash of a shadow, smiling with a knife in their hand. Or the journal news was just about to start and I would notice a woman being stabbed at a city close to mine. After two months of treatments, I was down to using a small dose of my meds to sleep. At three months, I was no longer afraid, but I still woke up at 3 a.m. watching my walls. After four months, I quit taking my meds altogether, without my father knowing. It's been six months. I am writing to you today from my grandparents' house. All the strange visions are gone, with no side effects. What do you think? A lot of people think I still should be taking my meds, that... I invented it all in my head. However, I'm convinced that I was possessed or a paranormal entity attached itself to me somehow. Maybe I was schizophrenic. The meds did help me a little bit, but even the strongest sleeping meds didn't help me. I never prayed before these events happened to me. I was not a believer in God or Lucifer. Now I pray every single day. There are little spells sometimes when I can see my door with my third eye. I feel like I'm the happiest man on earth. I even get to be lazy again. I feel normal. Matthew Zen, thank you so much for sharing your story. The only time I've ever heard of anything as crazy as this was when a man found out after all of the crazy things happened to him that he had a bad carbon monoxide leak in his apartment. I'm kind of wondering if that's what happened here. It seems as if the problem subsided when you moved in with your grandparents, and I hope that you remain demon-free from here on out. Our next story comes from Hi, My Name is Hypno. Ah, dreams. Dreams and sleep are supposed to be our respite from the daily toils of life. But what if your dreams became the hunting ground for malicious entities and absolute terror? Our next story dives into a scenario just like that. Sleep tight. Roughly two years ago in November, I was dreaming of going to a roller coaster park with my whole entire family. Everything in the dream leading up to it was normal until this happened. First big sign that the dream was flawed is that somehow 20 people managed to get out of a four-door gray Jeep, which no one in my family owns a Jeep and there's no way we could all fit in there. We walked across the parking lot up to the sidewalk as a family and I walked in the back with my sister and my aunt. 
We were all laughing and talking normally as we were walking up to the entrance of the park. My aunt and sister were talking to me and each other. We were all happily enjoying talking about what rides we were going to ride first. And then suddenly, as soon as we walked through the entrance of the park, we suddenly ended up in the line for a ride and all my family was still in front of me with random people throughout the line behind and in front of us. I realized as we were standing still waiting for the ride, we were at the two hour wait checkpoint until we would get on the ride. I tried telling my sister and my aunt, but they began to ignore me and started arguing with themselves about something they couldn't tell me. My sister kept telling my aunt, please don't let him say his name. Whatever you do, don't let him say it. My aunt kept saying, you can't let him say his name. Don't let him say it, please. They kept going back and forth, begging one another to not let me say the name of whatever they were arguing about. I was getting worried because they were ignoring me and they looked in genuine terror. I kept telling them, tell me what's wrong. I can help. Who is he? I won't let him hurt you. Tell me. I can help you. But they wouldn't answer me. I kept trying and trying until I started to realize all of the other random people in the line had vanished and all my other family members were gone too. It was just my sister, my aunt, and I. Everyone else was just gone. I looked back down at my sister and aunt and they were still begging one another not to tell me whoever is doing this to us. I finally had enough and got ready to grab my sister so she could tell me what was happening. But at that moment, my aunt just vanished and it was just me and my sister. My sister was looking at me directly in my eyes, begging me not to say his name, to just run away. She was crying and looked in pure fear. I've never seen her like that before. I just wanted to protect her. I told her, tell me his name. I'm not afraid of anyone. I can help you. He can't hurt you if I'm here. She kept telling me, no, no, no. I had enough and finally I just said, tell me, I'm not afraid. She looks at me with tears running down her face and says, hardcore. I asked, hardcore? Who the hell is that? She looked at me again and stops crying and her voice started to become deeper and she tells me again, no, it's hardcore, why? I asked, hardcore, why? That doesn't make any sense. What are you talking about? She finally says, no, it's blah, blah, blah. And her entire voice and face changed. That wasn't my sister anymore. I don't remember the name, but at the same time, I know it. Like it's just out of reach, but if I heard it again, I'd know it in that instance. In that moment, I watched as my sister began to dissipate in front of me. Suddenly, there was this all-encompassing black fog and red fog filling my vision, blinding me to everything in front of me. It was engulfing everything in sight and getting closer and closer to me. In that moment, I became full of fear. My only thought was that I was in danger and whatever was coming was going to hurt me. I don't scare easily and this is one of the worst feelings I've ever had in my life. I knew I had to get out of there, so in an effort to try to wake up, I tried closing my eyes in the dream and that would usually wake me up when I opened them again. But as soon as I opened them, all I saw was this black and red fog getting closer and the feeling of danger becoming stronger and stronger. I closed my eyes again and opened them and I was still asleep. So I tried again and again. 
Finally, after so many tries, I opened my eyes again and I was still there, but in that moment, there were suddenly arms around my throat, like in a chokehold position, and a man whispered in my left ear saying, You need to resist. You need to wake up. You need to resist. You need to wake up. You need to resist. You need to wake up. The arms started pulling me backward and I began to see all the black and red fog getting further away. It was as if it had been left there in a small room and everything else was a bright white light surrounding it with whiteness, eventually being all I could see. Suddenly, I'm sitting up in bed awake. I look down and see the same forearms still around my throat. The moment I blink, they're gone. I immediately get up and turn on all the lights, chunk underneath the bed, bathroom, closet, etc. Anywhere someone could hide. Then I went up to the bathroom mirror and I could still see the redness around my throat from where the arms had me in a chokehold. I live completely alone and I've never had this kind of extreme dream before. Whatever this thing was, it followed me for six months and gave me terrible night terrors nearly every night. I would see silhouettes of him nearly everywhere I went. I could feel when he was around and other people would recognize it too. Until eventually, it just stopped. I want to say that I've also been lucid dreaming for the past eight years, so I'm pretty aware of my dreams and I can tell when something's wrong or weird. I know how my dreams normally are. This is beyond out of the ordinary for anything for me to dream up. There's no connecting trauma or anything to influence these kinds of dreams. This happened in arguably one of the best times of my life. I'm not religious, nor do I believe in a god, but after this incident, I've experienced a similar phenomenon on a near daily basis. I've sadly had hundreds of experiences at this point. I looked everywhere for answers, but I haven't found them. I've had more crazy night terrors and real physical experience, but this definitely takes a trophy for the worst one. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over a hundred casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. Eighteen plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to. Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. <gasps> No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I think we can all safely say that our daily lives have enough to worry about without dragging along actual horrors into our nightly safe haven. Thanks again, hi, my name is Hypno, for sharing your absolutely horrifying night terrors. I hope you find a solution soon. Our third story comes from Wolf Black Star, who shared experiences of the paranormal 
have led her to some horrifying roadside assistance. I've had a lot of paranormal experiences, but the shared experiences always stick out to me because another human being can actually verify my experience and therefore lend credibility to it. I'm a skeptic even of my own encounters and it's reassuring to know that I am not, in fact, insane. This is the story of my first shared experience. My friend Nicole had asked me to join her for a drive into the city because she had to adjust her health insurance at their main office and didn't want to go alone. I agreed. It was an uneventful drive. Note, we were both in our early 20s at this point. We parked down the street from the office, which is on an elevated street and was technically an overpass. She wasn't actually able to speak with anyone, but we'd driven out of our way and decided not to waste it. The area had some high-end shopping centers and we decided to look around. After window shopping for a while, we took a walk, initially planning to go a couple blocks, make a loop, and then go back to the car. We were maybe five blocks into our walk when we passed this 10-story or so apartment building. I was suddenly filled with dread and so overwhelmed that I started crying. It felt like something awful was happening, had happened, or was about to happen. I wanted to go in this building and stop it. Nicole basically forbade me from going in, stating, if it's this bad on the outside, what will it be like on the inside when you go in there? With a last glance at the building, noting the Chinese lanterns hanging in the top floor windows, we left. As soon as we were out of eyesight, the feeling subsided. When we returned to the car, we discovered that we had a direct line of sight of the dreaded apartment building and by the time we got to the car, it was dim out, giving the Chinese lanterns a sinister red glow. We drove home, probably exceeding the speed limit by a lot. When we arrived at her house, we went to her room and sat on the bed. Prompted by the odd events of the day, she told me about the dread she feels when she takes a shower and asked if I'd check it out. I observed no faulty wiring or anything that would obviously lend to higher EMF. Remember, I'm a skeptic, and yes, I did check. I stepped into the shower and shut my eyes. I instantly felt claustrophobic, as though the room shrunk when I shut my eyes. I didn't even have the shower curtain shut. It felt like someone or something was leaning in towards my face, and I heard it whisper, God's not here. I'm not a religious person, but I was thoroughly unnerved. We decided to stop talking about creepy stuff and watch a comedy. Sitting there on her bed, we watched some funny movies for a few hours and felt much better. It started raining outside and I turned to look out the window. In the reflection of the room, I saw a man or a very masculine looking person standing in the doorway, as though he'd been sitting and stood when I saw him. I whipped around to look and there was nothing there. I searched the house and found nothing. No sooner had I come back to the bedroom than both of us observed the lights dim and a black mass started to come out of the floor. Not a mist or a shadow, but as though white noise itself had taken form and was emerging from the ground. It lasted about 20 seconds and then it stopped. 
Driving to work the next morning, I turned around a bend in the road and slammed on my brakes. There was a guy on the road. I knew I hit him because there was no way I stopped in time. I threw my truck in park, got out, and went around the front. Nothing. Got on my hands and knees, looked under the car, and nothing. I checked, double-checked, and triple-checked. After I hit the person in the road, the series of events ended. Nicole and I still talk about this day a lot and don't have an explanation for it. Neither of us have lost a loved one that matches these events or know of any reason why an entity would follow us from that building. We were clean and sober the entire time and neither of us experienced illusions of a medical or psychological nature. I'm with you there, Wolf Blackstar. I hope that if I ever have any crazy paranormal encounters that there's at least one other witness. Sorry friends, but I don't want to come off as completely crazy myself. As for the issues ending after hitting the entity in the road, remind me to get aggressive against any future encounters to go ahead and just nip them in the bud. Now our fourth story comes from Sonia, a fellow It's Haunted listener who has a ghost hard at work on their sister's computer. I recently came across your podcast and I am absolutely in love. This inspired me to share one of my many haunted stories I've had myself. I have many haunting stories to share as I've always been haunted. My first haunting occurred as early as the age of five. I'm a Pisces and believe in the spiritual world a lot, so that may contribute to it. I suffer from night terrors, sleepwalking, and sleep paralysis, just to give you some background. The story comes from my childhood. I was about 10 years old and just moved to Ontario from my hometown of Edmonton, Alberta. When I was younger, I always had an invisible friend that nobody else could see. He was an older man who always watched me sleep. Creepy, I know. Trust me, it gets more interesting. When we moved into our hometown of Ontario, I always felt a dark, eerie feeling. I went to sleep one night and I felt a presence come into my bed and sleep next to me. She put her arms around my body and said in my second language, Assyrian, it's okay, it's grandma. Open your eyes and look at me. She kept repeating the same words over and over. I was too scared and found myself saying, you aren't my grandma. She died before I was even born. She'd go silent and I wouldn't open my eyes until morning. I was mortified and told my mother who assured me that it was a dream. Like I said before, they would tell me that it was in my head or that I was dreaming. Later that week, I woke up to my door closing. I heard it shut. I would look up and nobody was there. I tried to fall asleep again and would then hear little children playing and laughing in my room. I never bothered to look up. I was too scared. The morning after, my mom asked what I was doing standing in the hallway looking over the railing. I reassured her I never got out of bed because I heard noises in my room. She mentioned when she called out my name, the girl she saw looked at her and ran to my bedroom slamming the door. I'm guessing that's when I woke up, witnessing the door shut and hearing the children play. That same week, my sister's room had some paranormal activity as well. 
She was at work one night, and my mother and I kept hearing a noise, like the computer chair rolling around, as if she was going to sit on her computer for the night. Keep in mind, my sister was at work. My mom at this point started to believe me about the haunting. My mom asked me to go with her and see. The door had been shut. We never shut any of the doors. When I opened the door, I heard someone typing on the keyboard, and as I turned on the light, the typing had stopped, and I caught the chair spinning around, almost as if someone got up in a hurry to run out. Well, that's my childhood haunting story. Keep the podcast going, they're great, and thank you for reading my story. Well, Sonia, thank you so much for sharing your stories. I look forward to reading more of your submissions, so please send them in. Now, if my husband ever croaks, I imagine that his at-home office chair and keyboard will still be active and in full effect because he's always in there. Our next story comes from Susie St. John, who is the co-head research of my other podcast, the True Crime Fan Club podcast. She is a repeat spooky storyteller who seems to have a lot of family coming by to check in on her. Okay, Lainey, you know I've shared some stories in the past. I feel like I'm a magnet for energy, ghost or whatever you want to call them. I call them ghosts. The first time I saw a ghost was around 10 or so. I walked into one of our bedrooms and it was dark and I saw someone standing there. A few months later, the phone rang and my mom answered it. She started crying and told me that my favorite great uncle had just passed away. I know the figure I saw was him coming to tell me goodbye. Similar incidents like that have happened my entire life. I played with a Ouija board in my early 20s and decided that it was just pure evil and will no longer touch one. Not long after my second husband passed away, I was in bed and started to wake. My youngest was five and in bed with me. I wasn't sure why I had woken up, so I glanced over at her to see if she was okay and saw her dad sitting on her side of the bed, stroking her hair. He finally seemed to notice that I was looking at him and just looked up at me. His face was etched with grief and I knew he realized he wouldn't get to see her grow up. I just told him that I would take care of her for him and then he left. The house I live in now is haunted. I'm not sure if it's the house that carries this energy or if it's my family. My parents passed away within three weeks of each other to the day. It happened in October, but I was in shock through December. I remember being in bed one night and hearing a pencil hit my laminate floor. My kid was in bed, so I turned on the light to see what had happened. There was a pencil in the middle of the floor, just slowly rolling as if on a slope, and it just kept rolling, and I'm pretty certain my floor was level. Another night, I heard a weird noise and asked my kid if she had done something. She hadn't, and I walked into the bathroom, and a hurricane lamp I had on the sink had a small piece of glass jutting out of it from the bottom. It had never been dropped and there hadn't been an earthquake, so I'm not sure how this random piece of glass just popped out without the entire thing shattering. Both of my daughters and I have seen a male wearing a flannel shirt in the house at various times. One of their friends can hear someone walking up and down the hall at night, even though all of us are in bed. I finally heard the footsteps just a few nights ago. I feel like this is my brother who passed away in 1998. 
He was an outdoorsman and wore flannel a lot, and I can smell my mom's perfume a lot. There's been a lot of other weird stuff over the years. Lights flickering on and off when I'm by myself, things just ending up on the floor for no reason, and books being in the middle of the floor. I know I should sage my house, but we just talked to them, and so nothing more than inconveniences happen. Well, thank you, Susie, for sharing your story, and I would just like to formally request from my husband that he does not check in on myself or our child, should we have one. To any relatives that feel the need to see how I'm doing, I'm great. Thank you. Well, that does it for this episode. If you'd like to submit your own spooky tale to be read on the show, head to hauntedpod.com and click on the link to submit your story. You can also email me at hauntedpod at gmail.com. And thank you for listening. And if you enjoyed this episode, please leave a positive review on Apple Podcasts or your podcast player of choice. It really does help. You can find us on Twitter at podcast underscore haunted, Instagram at it's haunted what now or at hauntedpod.com. Production assistance provided by Rebecca Lopez and Brett Hobbs. The official composer for the show and spooky tune creator is Nico at We Talk of Dreams. Check him out on Twitter at We Talk of Dreams or WeTalkOfDreams.com. Until next time. Did you hear that? Grand Canyon University, an affordable private Christian university, is one of the largest and fastest growing universities in the country, offering more than 270 programs online. In addition to federal grants and aid, GCU's online students received nearly $130 million in institutional scholarships in 2022. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Private, Christian, affordable. Visit gcu.edu slash myoffer to see the scholarships you may qualify for.